Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here for our Sunday night uh, show, Mandatory Fun Time. I am here with an amazing content creator by the name of Charlie Knight, uh, who is recommended by our community, specifically Twinkle Toes, who's in chat right now, who is super, super hyped to, to check this out. And uh, yeah, so thank you again for being here. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. And then, Burke, so we'll go ahead and roll right into it. Um, could you take a moment to introduce uh, who Charlie Knight is and what your brand is? Sure. Uh, I'm Charlie. They, them pronouns, please. Uh, I'm an editor for indie authors. I'm also a science fiction fantasy, uh, science fantasy writer. I'm a mom, a trans non-binary person. Um, I'm an absolute disaster queer. Um, I love dark colors, soft hoodies, food, gaming. I love all things cryptid and monsters and space and aliens, but I want to make them all as queer as possible. Um, my brand is a mix of sending as many good vibes into the universe as I can combined mm -hmm. with... Roll about that, yes. <laughs> yes, combined with kind of um, a take no trash, if you will, attitude. Um, and then just a dash of complete and utter dork um i try to be as honest and authentic as i can all the time um i think being really open about myself is a huge part of my brand especially as a neurodivergent person and a disabled person and a trans non-binary person so that's me that's amazing got to give it up for the writer homies and those who are fighting for more inclusivity and like more representation in our community that we love to see it so it's always super super cool and yeah. uh, I'm a fellow writer myself, um, and I'm an avid, as as you can probably tell with, like, you know, running a geek website and all this sort of stuff. I'm a sweaty nerd when it comes to, like, Warhammer and, like, World of Warcraft and all the good, like, Final or fantasy stuff. So uh, I appreciate yeah. that you also enjoy that stuff. So that's awesome. Absolutely. And, uh, the geekier, the better. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, yeah. So, um what I'm very interested in knowing is what is your origin story? How did Charlie Knight become Charlie Knight as a writer and all that kind of stuff? Like, where did you, did someone teach you or did you just pick up a pen one day and was like, yo, I love the written word and go for it. <laughs> um, origins aren't, you know, great. I, there's a lot of trauma behind me, a lot yeah. of abuse from family and past partners and ex-friends and just kind of every way. And ever since I can remember, writing was a huge escape for me mm -hmm. um, from that, just letting me get out of this world and into a better one. I was in elementary school when I started writing fairy tale retellings and when I was writing Buffy the Vampire Slayer fanfic. Um, so it's, it's kind of always been my go-to. Um, I did, I lost it for a while in high school. Things were just, you know, bad. Um, I let that piece of myself go. Mm -hmm. And then in college, I went um, for English language and literature, which of course you hear all the jokes like, oh, my plumber's an English major. Hilarious. <laughs> um, but it was, it was really important for me to be in spaces with other queer writers yeah. and neurodivergent writers and writers who didn't look like everyone I saw on bookshelves all the time. Um, so that, that's when I started editing and just really expanding my knowledge and my, 
getting my hands on everything that I could, especially if it was written by someone marginalized, written by someone who who is silenced by traditional publishing. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of people silenced by traditional publishing, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, and then I, I got on a Twitter in like 2018, which is pretty late to the game. Um, but I came on with this idea of starting my own editing business and brand that focused solely on indie authors, but on actually making editing at a professional level accessible and affordable to indie authors. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's all just stayed the same. Writing is still my go-to escape. It's still my, my primary source of self care. And I, every time I get to like sit down with a a queer writer or a a writer of color and just build their world, build their story, expand their voice. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a dream come true. Yeah. Yeah, it's like definitely taking uh, – and I, I, I relate to this on a lot of levels, you know, because I'm a proud brown man. And I definitely understand the struggle of not enough representation or inclusivity in, like, you know, a lot of mediums. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's amazing when you actually get to, like, you know, take the bull by the horns essentially or, you know, be the change you want to see in the world and, and be that help to indie authors and writers to let them get to that level that will get them – uh, noticed and you know to polish their their work and all that kind of stuff without like stomping on it or being like whoa I like this character or I like this book you've got to change these characters because they're you know LGBTQ or they're you know minorities or whatever which we see right. too many times yeah oh yeah so. even just little things like traditional publishing they're still italicizing most languages that aren't English mm, yeah your characters are instantly othered in that moment and I you know indie indie publishing has this super unique opportunity to to like you said grab by the grab the bull by the horns yeah. and really create a space where marginalized writers especially can flourish yeah that's amazing and then yeah. okay cool so um i always love this question so as a content creator we can often find ourselves working beyond our limits and ultimately burning out what are some of your own self-care techniques that you've like learned to utilize and everything to ensure that your mental health is like taken care of? If my friends or my husband are watching this, they're laughing right now. I am, I'm notoriously bad at taking care of myself. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm not good at it. I don't automatically kind of like prioritize myself. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. A lot of things that I was told that I'm still hanging on to that I'm working through. And yeah. so my relationship with self-care is very, very new. Um, in a lot of ways, it's, it's accountability has been yeah. really important for me. So I send good morning messages out every day on, on Twitter. And usually they're just like, I try to be uplifting sometimes. They're like innocuous hot takes because I really enjoy chaos. Yeah. Um, but pretty often it's it's something that I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. So like a really simple example, if I tell everyone to hydrate their meat suit, yeah. I'm sitting there knowing very well that I have no idea what my last night's order was. <laughs> yeah. And it makes me feel accountable to people and I have to get up and I have to go get a drink of water. Yeah. If you're going to do it, I'll do it, you know? So that's accountability has been a huge part of it for me. When I do manage self-care, um, I've tried to step out of writing a little bit for it. Yeah. Just because now that I'm editing full-time, 
and I'm writing all these things, I'm like constantly in that mode. So I've tried to like pull myself out for something else. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gaming's my been absolutely my favorite yeah. resource for that. It's an, it's another form of escapism, you know? It's, yeah. It's the same idea. I get to step out of this world and into another one, which is why I'm such a big fan of RPGs and mm-hmm. games that are super heavy on um, storytelling. That's, and character development that's kind of it's the writer in me who gets to play yeah. video games um so that's that's been a huge part of like my growth and and my health at the at this moment yeah that's awesome yeah i completely relate to that because um like you said video games and other things like dungeon dragons or you know whatever other mediums that are we can just take ourselves away from this world for just a bit in a healthy way, you know, um, mm-hmm. are, are pretty amazing. Cause, uh, there's definitely a lot of hard times and I love how, uh, I don't know if it's, this is how, um, your upbringing was, but for me, at least, um, video games were very looked down upon. Like you're wasting your time. That's nothing, you know, that's going to help you at all. And then really it was like the best piece of therapy I could get other than, you know, exercise or whatever, you know, by just, yeah being a blood elf walking around different places so it was like pretty yeah. cool yeah or sometimes honestly just getting to go wild and like yeah. tear up some enemies like yeah you know sometimes you need that and i i think it's really cool now too that not only are more of us talking about gaming and it's mm-hmm. becoming so much a bigger thing but now it's like the cool thing like this was thing these were things i got made fun of for mm-hmm. as a kid and now i get to like connect with people and i'm 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 still just kind of amazed by yeah the culture shift. yeah it's been a wild change it's been very fast but thankfully uh i really appreciate you being vocal on twitter because i've like followed your twitter and all this kind of stuff and i see your posts and you always have great takes on things and you're just you know being that that megaphone for the topics that need to be discussed you know and yeah. uh and being that voice yeah while everyone else is like trying to be quiet and not get like you know um, playing it safe and all that kind of stuff you choose to to say the right thing and do the right thing for people who are you know struggling so it's like i, I really appreciate that about you yeah it was good oh, thank you that's that that means a lot i really appreciate that yeah all right cool and then um so we know that you have accomplished so much during your career over all this time of being an editor and a writer and everything like that um but you're only human so like all humans, there have absolutely had to been times that you had L's. Now, usually L's stand for losses. Um, but in the very first interview that I did that sticks with me the entire time, um, she, the woman that I interviewed, Eliana Murillo, said, uh, L's no longer stand for losses, they stand for lessons. So what would you consider to be one of your biggest L's that you learned from and grew from? And what was that, that hardship that you had to like get through in order to get that hard-earned wisdom? I think, I think the biggest one very recently and yeah. probably the most public one was um, having to to learn that um, it, even though I, I I am an advocate and I tend to be a fighter and I I want to help people and I want to fix things when I see a problem I had to learn that sometimes to be an advocate and an ally you have to be quiet mm-hmm. um, it requires giving space um and it was it it was a hard thing for me i think i think especially in the last couple of years for example with the black lives matter movement it's Mm -hmm. i mean i'm super passionate about it there's nothing more important going on right now Mm -hmm. but 
I very rarely speak about it in my own words. I share, I share words from, from black people. I share words or or I'll send someone, if someone comes to me for a question, I'll send them to a black person to ask Mm -hmm. instead. Um, and that was, that was tough for me. I had to get told basically to shut up and to stop taking that space. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think that's hard for a lot of us. I see it so often with, um, allies for the trans community. Mm-hmm. People want to stand up and fight for us, and that's great, but it often silences us, mm-hmm. and our voices are the ones that need to be heard. Um, so I, that's definitely like, you know, biggest lesson, yeah. real kick in the ass, and it, it was super important. Yeah, and that's such an important one, and, and so like hard to learn, you know, because you want to do things to, to make the world a better place and to fight the good fight, but then it's it's also finding that like line and those sort of boundaries that no one teaches you. You only learn when you mess up, you know, and you're like, oh, now it's very clear to me, you know. So I completely yeah. understand that. Yeah. And I and even if um, you may have gotten, quote, unquote, like, you know, scolded or whatever, like I appreciate you doing what you did, you know, and, and just being a voice, you know, because there's a lot of people yeah. who are simply silent and quiet and just watch, you know, the world burn while nothing, you know. So at least doing something is better than just sitting by and doing, you know, nothing. Yeah. And uh, but still, I completely understand, you know, where you're coming from from that because yeah. uh, I struggle with so that. A, is, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, you struggle. Yeah, I struggle with that a lot when it comes to, um, you know, a lot of my cousins and friends are a part of the LGBTQ community, and when something like someone goes after them, I try to like stand up for them. But I also know that that you know sometimes that fight isn't my fight, you know, and I just can't, you know, I gotta. You know, do what I can to support them, even though I want to tear faces, you know, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's. I think it's supernatural to want to like dive mm-hmm. you both feet into a cause that's important to you, and especially when people are important to you. Yeah. Um, and ex- it's exactly what you said. It's finding that that boundary. It's mm-hmm. figuring out where the line is between being a voice and being an advocate, which is so important. I'm never going to shut up about it completely, and mm-hmm. and I. I don't think that's it. That would be a good thing. Yeah. Um, but then also, you know, figuring out where my space is mm-hmm. in, in that fight and making sure that I'm not taking space from somebody who has a voice that that belongs there that needs to be uplifted. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. And then pivoting on the other end of the spectrum, what would you say one of your favorite W's or wins are that you take the most pride in? Were there something at the very beginning that was very small but meant the world to you or some major accomplishment that you're like, I fucking killed it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, stuff like this feels like a huge win for me. Like it, yeah. it'll always be a huge win for me that people like want to know me. Yeah. Uh, every time someone is like, Oh, I really needed this message today when I put something like that's that's a massive, massive win for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I if if I have to brag a little bit, um, do it. This is your business, space. Yeah. <laughs> my business is definitely my, my biggest win. Um, I went from no platform whatsoever on Twitter a couple years ago when I started, um, in a, in a industry that's very, very competitive. Yeah. Uh, editing is super competitive. And my, my family was not in a place for me to take a financial risk to really like dive into editing and cut off the other like you know all the freelance jobs that i was doing and really just focus on indie authors but i did it and it's just i mean it's just exploded within within six months i had yeah. let go of every other 
every other contract. Um, now I'm booked up like months out, which blows my mind. Yeah. I get, I get all sorts of um, amazing reviews. People just feeling really heard. Um, a bunch, I think like twelve of my authors went number one in their categories. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's massive, and that's them. That you know, that's our win. Um, not just specifically mine, but it's, I mean, it's, it feels really good. Like I took this risk on myself and, and, you know, here we are, I'm a queer disabled business owner and that's a big thing. And thriving. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I feel like that's the biggest lesson that I personally learned, uh, even though it's your interview, I'm going to speak a little bit (laughs) about this, but in like, you know, end of 2020, 2021, um, the happened to me is getting over imposter syndrome and just being like we are worthy you know we are valid we deserve our bank account to be filled from money that we made from our endeavors like we this you know so it's it's good to see you did take that chance that leap of faith and then you are benefiting from it and not only that but yeah you can you can absolutely take some of those w's from the authors that are getting number one in the categories because you had a heavy you know heavy hand in in helping them out with that and like uh yeah it's so it's it's wonderful to hear about that and that's really really cool um ah oh, man that's so good and then yeah. okay, is the information for the, your editing services everything on your website like charlieknight.com yeah. okay perfect yeah and it's on the it's the pin tweet on my twitter okay good because i know that we have a lot of writers uh, aspiring authors or already like independent you know authors and all that kind of stuff so i'm sure that there's a lot of people who would love to check out your stuff and uh yeah, yeah so and what would you say some geeky passions are that fueled you and your creativity that made you who you are today. I know you speak about sci-fi and fantasy, but was there any like things specific um, that whether it be TV shows or what have you? Um, I think I've always just been really drawn to everything that's like weird or unusual or just mm-hmm. just not the norm. That's kind of like where I feel home. Yeah, and I think that developed very on into like a love of things that are supernatural or fantasy based or science fiction based. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm sure there are therapists out there who could have a field day with a trans person relating to monsters, but that's, <laughs> that's actually pretty true yeah. for me and not, not, you know, in like the, the scary monster way, but that like misunderstood outside mm-hmm. the norm way. Um, and sci-fi really did the, the same thing for me with, with space, um, specific passions. Um, I'm like super well known for like my obsession with mass effect um yes mass effect's so good yes and it, my obsession has gotten much worse now that the, the remaster is coming right um, it's so good yeah it's like i said i'm really in the games that are big on character development and and storytelling and that's such a great example of it um and then just like combining all the non-human and it's just it's everything that i love and i'm i i write a fanfic for it that's active um you know i'm i think that was probably like especially because it came out in high school when i was having such a hard time yeah not to myself too much here no Um, i think that was a huge like jump into that realm for me finding mass effect specifically yeah that's so good i I don't know if it was you that posted it, but I think there was an article going around saying that uh, in Mass Effect 2, they originally had options for same-sex couples uh, for, like, specifically Jack. And, like, and Jack's my favorite character. Like, she is, oh, I love her to death. So everyone's, like, 
uh, rallying for them to add that option into, you know, Mass Effect 2, which they absolutely should have because it was dumb that they, you know, got pressure to take it out. But it's... Uh, yeah. They need to let us... They need to let us romance more than just humans yeah. and Liara in the first game. Exactly, yeah. The pretty I races. Want, I want Garrus to carry in all the way through. Right? <laughs> Give me Rex! <laughs> like, so good. So, yeah, so... Uh, and I relate to that a lot. Um, as I said before, you know, I think it might be just marginalized, underrepresented communities that, that really, you know, we all feel the same way because when you mentioned that you related a lot uh, or you or the trans community relates a lot to the monsters or anything like that, I completely understand that, you know, because as uh, being Chicano, Mexican-American, even fourth generation, you know, meaning that um, I don't have as close ties as my, like, ancestry or culture um, than I do someone who just came from Mexico or anything like that. So, it's kind of a weird middle place where I'm like not really accepted in the Hispanic community and I'm not really expected, you know, accepted in the, like the white community or whatever, even though I'm like full Mexican and everything. But um, the reason it's weird to me is that, you know, being brown in America often results in purse clutching or like, you know, very big preconceived notions and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I relate a lot to that. So I also love the monsters and everything, especially the stories of the misunderstood characters, because that's exactly what I felt the entire time. I was like, uh, just because I have, you know, brown skin doesn't mean that I'm going to, like, you know, fight or steal or, you know, whatever. Yeah, so yeah. that's why I love RPGs like Mass Effect, for example, where yeah. um, or Dragon Age or anything like that, where I can make my character with dark skin and they will judge me by the content of my character rather than the color of my skin. And that's like a big thing, you know? So it's like, uh, I totally understand, yeah, and relate to yeah. that a lot, yeah. Yeah, I get that that middle ground as well with being non-binary. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people just kind of like expect androgyny from us. Um, and we, we feel almost like we owe it to them. And the trans community doesn't really know what to do with us. And the rest of the queer community doesn't really know what yeah. to do with us. And the cis people certainly don't know what to do with us. <laughs> yeah. They can't even get our pronouns. You know, it's, I, I absolutely relate to like that. Like, yeah. where exactly do I belong mm -hmm. sort of thing. So yeah, it's, and like you said, you can make a character with brown skin and I can, I can make a character who's not yeah. even human. Like I can get out of this skin that I don't yeah. fit together and just be something something totally different and i i think that's so important it's yeah. i mean i've got my kid into into gaming yeah um he he started transitioning last year yeah um and i i got him into gaming and that's a big reason why and like you need to see this you need to see this world yeah. where you can, can be different and that's okay exactly and it's a beautiful thing you know it's super cool yeah and then awesome so um let's say you could go back in time to high school Charlie and be like, yo, I want to give you a piece of advice that's going to make your journey a little bit easier. What would that advice be to like your younger self? I think, I think it would have to be just that you don't have to reach a certain point or achieve a certain goal yeah. or get to a certain phase in your life before you're like worthy of, of love either from other people or yourself yeah you're worthy of care like whoever you are wherever you are you know high school charlie was a mess but high school charlie was innately exactly as they were worthy yeah 
It's very yeah. true. Yeah, that you know, it doesn't matter what stage you look at your life, you're always worthy and valid and and you know deserved respect and from your peers and you know all that kind of stuff, and from yeah. usually ourselves as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I see it so much with authors. You mentioned yeah. imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, I mean that plagues every single one of us, and I think yeah. a big part of that, like we feel like we have to reach a point we have to do something whether it's published or like you know be noticed or whatever to to then be worthy of like even just calling ourselves writers authors. yeah or authors yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's you know there's such like a divide on when we can call ourselves that and i i just don't accept it you're, yeah. you're already worthy mm -hmm. yeah oh for sure especially when you go to the grocery store well not to bash on them i guess but when you go to the grocery store and find like the trashiest novels and everything you know, and you're like if they can do this then i can i'm definitely worthy so it's like that's yeah. what helps usually helps me it motivates me and all that kind of stuff but um and some of my most favorite novels are those are those trash novels <laughs> that's awesome yeah and there's an audience for them people want that you know they're filling a, a demographic a market you know so it's like that's the other thing that's really cool is that usually i will also be like, will everyone, will anyone even want a like brown fantasy character? You know, I don't even know. But then mm -hmm. I myself want it, so therefore, logically, there must be other people who want it. So it's like I just got to keep going. You know, just got to keep like doing this stuff. And yeah, there's an audience for you. Keep keep going. Nice. And then uh, I want to ask one more question because I'm personally curious about it. But as an editor who looks at a lot of different novels and manuscripts and all these different things, uh, what is a piece of advice that you would give to aspiring authors or, you know, writers that you commonly see? Oh, um, actually, I, I think the biggest piece of advice that I would give would be to um, join or look to a writing community, whether that's online or if there's a writer's group around you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Connect with other writers, share ideas with them. As scary as it is, let them read your early drafts. Um, you know, just just having that, having a group of people around you who gets this very unique, very challenging experience. Yeah, um, is is so valuable. I, it's valuable to your story. It's valuable to you as valuable to you as a writer. Um, I really. If I'm giving any piece of advice to a new writer, it's to find other writers, sit down and talk with them about the craft and about your yeah. book and about what's hard about this. Because other people just don't get it, which, is, you know, they can't. Yeah. But this isn't something, even though you're the only one writing your book, this isn't something that you can or should do alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good piece of advice. That's really, really good. A lot of times when authors are asked, like, you know, what piece of advice do you have? They're like, just keep going, you know, but that's a legit something you can actually utilize, you know, to join writers yeah. group and to seek the advice of your peers. So that's that's awesome. So yeah. um, where can we find you online? Um, Twitter is definitely the best place on Twitter. I am at C Knight Writes. Um, I'm super active on there. My kid is also active on there and he's far more popular than I am. <laughs> nice. Um, my, but you know, my DMs are open. If you just want to talk, if you want to tell me how you found me, if you have questions about your book, I'm, I'm there. Um, my website is up as well, uh, for anyone, especially if you're a writer, cnightwrites.com. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to, I'm actually hoping to branch out into, um, maybe streaming on Twitch and, yeah. and getting that over to TikTok, um. But for now, definitely, definitely come find me on Twitter. That's my home. Yeah, awesome. Well, I want to thank you again for taking the time to like 
answer a few of my questions and being here with me. You're amazing in every single way. And, uh, oh, that's right. Okay, so before I let you go, I do something with all of my interviews. So I also want to do this with you. Um, So Charlie, we've met because someone in my community had actually, you know, suggested you to me and uh, I fall in love with your content. It's wonderful and amazing. And I love how like open and vocal you are and everything like that. Um, so it's, it's awesome that we're brought together because of that, you know, that, that you were already shining so bright that someone recommended you, uh, which is really, really cool. And that led us to this moment, but after this moment ends, we're going to go on our different journeys and that's going to, you know, maybe we'll do something in the future together, but for right now we're together. So I want to tell you, uh, that I've seen your work. I've seen your website. I love everything that you do. Um, you are worthy and you are valid. And I want you to like take all of this energy that you have and keep putting it into 2021 and invest in Charlie Knight because you are just incredible. Yeah. And don't ever lose sight of that. Or, you know, and I know you mentioned mental health before and everything like that, but just definitely if Charlie needs to take time away, then you deserve to take time away. Don't even question it, you know, do what you feel you need to do. And thank you again so much. And I hope you have a, yeah. Amazing thing. I loved watching your other (laughs) I, I love this. This is so much fun. Oh, thank you. And then, thank yeah, you. perfect. So I'm going to go ahead and um, just wrap this up. And <laughs> yes, more self-care for Charlie. That's amazing. But thank you again, Twinkle Toes, for suggesting Charlie. Hey, everyone. D'Angelo here. I hope you had a great time listening to this episode and hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to go over to our guests' social media and drown them in all the love and support. They absolutely deserve it. Make sure to take a moment to actually subscribe to the podcast and rate it five stars. It would really go a long way and help me out. And we're going to have a new guest next Tuesday. If you want to watch this live, you can absolutely do so by going to twitch.tv slash D'Angelo Murillo. And it's going to be live every single Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Until then, I hope you guys have nothing but good vibes, and we'll see you then.